Hey, hey, welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. I'm Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate rental property so you never, ever have to work a job again. And I am super excited to share with you today one of my Real Estate Wealth Builders membership students who has actually been successful in buying real estate. He house hacked his way into his first property where the tenant is paying for his mortgage so he lives rent free and hopefully give you some encouragement that you absolutely can do this. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. You know, house hacking is a fantastic way to start investing in real estate. And one I suggest to almost all of my students, if it's at all possible, you definitely want to do that. Now, my student today, who's coming on the show, he's going to share with you how he did it and how you can too, and get you some encouragement that normal, everyday people, regular people just like us, can absolutely do this too. Now, I try not to be all flashy and fancy buying Ferraris and all that sort of stuff, because that's just not me. You know, there are a lot of people that coach or teach real estate or that there are gurus out there that would say, I have this fancy car, fancy house, all that sort of stuff. I'm not like that. If you know me, I literally live in a 1,250 square foot house. And it's actually one of my rentals that we move into as some tenants were leaving. We wanted to get out of California really bad. We got to Arizona. We have one car. We're homeschool. We're just a normal family. And the reason why we do this, the reason why I do this podcast and the YouTube channel I have, if you want to check that out, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash YouTube. You can see all of our episodes there as well. And I do this because I am so blessed to be able to not work a job. And I'll be honest, if I have to live in this 1,250 square foot house with my four kids and my wife for the rest of my life and never work a job, deal, sign me up. I hated work. I hate working for other people. And I want to see you change your life just like my student actually has changed his life and he's going on to buy more and more properties. I want you to change your life. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. I will get you my real estate investing course absolutely for free to show you all the steps that you need. It's literally a step-by-step process, all the steps you need to actually invest in real estate, just like my student. Now, let's jump into today's show where we're talking with Fabe Mitchell, who actually has his own podcast, which we'll talk about in just a second, but he has been successful in house hacking and is continuing his investing career. All right, let's do this. Fabe Mitchell, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Dustin, man, I appreciate you for having me on. And I'm, I'm looking to have a good time, man, and, and talk real estate. This is this is so exciting. And you also have a podcast, which I'll get into as well, because I love personally love podcasting. I have three podcasts myself, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to talk to you about your getting your first property and the lessons that you learned. So first, when you were thinking about getting it started investing in real estate, what got you over uh, I guess the hurdle to think I'm going to do it because what's interesting is I can teach anybody how to invest in real estate, but getting them the mentality to think, well, I'm going to do it. Yes. And I'm going to make the decision to do it and actually get it done. How did you work your way into that where you said, you know what, I'm going to do it. Actually believing that it was possible all your life, you know, you grow up, you hear, oh yeah, everybody wants to get a house and the white picket fence and that's the American dream, but nobody schools don't actually 
talk to you, teach it or whatever. So you're you're always like, oh man, it's this this big thing, this big accomplishment. I ain't never gonna be able to accomplish that. But then it was just once I got introduced to it, it was just little by little learning here, learning there, like, oh, okay. It it may not happen overnight, but okay, it is possible if I get smarter and, and educate myself. So it, it, I just started down that journey of educating myself. I started because I actually got burned and your podcast helped me overcome that. That's so cool. Well, well let's quickly talk about that burning thing because a lot of people, they get in, they, they see that they want to get into it and they might talk to an uncle, a family member, a friend and, oh, I got burned, so don't do that. And so they put those self-limiting beliefs onto other people. So if you're listening to somebody that's telling you don't do it, it's a bad idea, it's because they didn't know how to do it right. They weren't educated well. They just didn't have somebody that's done before show them how to do it. So what did you, what happened to you that you got burnt? And then how did that transition to you, you know, listen to the podcast and get the education to where you actually now are successful? Yeah, it was funny. One of your first podcasts I listened to, I did like everything you said, don't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, how it started was at the time, my wife and I, we were living, we were living in a duplex and the owners were putting it up for sale. Well, it just so happened that the realtor was was there one day and she was talking to us and she was like, oh, you should try to buy the property, da, da, da. So that was kind of my first like, oh. And so she kind of helped me through there. But then in the end, she didn't have my back. So as we're trying to go through, right, getting all the paperwork together, getting all, you know, all the information and stuff, she was also trying to sell it to someone else at the same time she was trying to play our realtor. And so what ended up happening, I'm going through all of this, getting all my money together, all my paperwork together. And then she ends up signing a contract with the other person for it. And they put in the deal that she no longer could talk to me. Like basically I had to be completely, yeah. And so at the time I didn't know that. Next thing, you know, and it was funny because she started, instead of talking to me about that property, trying to buy it, I noticed she started talking to me about, oh, well, there's this and oh, there's that. And I'm, no, I'm wanting this one. Like you, we talked about this, I'm wanting this. So she started trying to lead me other places. And then the, the main thing that I did that I learned from you that I don't do, I signed a contract with her oh. for a year. Ouch. And, oh, you ain't going to like this. I even <laughs> signed to where she could talk for me. <laughs> she wrote that in. Again, again, I didn't know, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's an expensive mistake. Yes. So... We ended up not getting that property and I was mad about it because I didn't feel I had a fair opportunity to get it. I really felt it was a conflict of interest because while she was the realtor for the sellers, she was trying to be the realtor for us and then also work a deal with this other guy who was, who wanted to buy the property. So it looking back, it was a big conflict of interest. And so when I kind of got burned from that opportunity, I was like, okay, I need to understand how to do this and how do I go about this? And so I think I had just started discovering podcasts at the time. So I typed in real estate or I can't exactly remember what I searched, but I happened to come across yours. And so I literally started like from your first episode oh, nice. <laughs> going all the way through 
And one of the episodes that caught my attention big time was one where you talked about it was like 10 questions or something like that. You said that you need to, to conversate with your realtor about or at, at least to address. And it was all about the percentages and questions you ask and stuff like that. And one of them was, hey, what I do, guys, is if they offer or they want to do a contract, I don't do a contract, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, but yeah, everything that you said, <laughs> don't do, I did. But oh, now man. I was smarter. Yeah, and and definitely learning all these mistakes. I had somebody, like when I was trying to figure this out, I had somebody asking me to sign a confidential, not confidential, that's not the right, uh, uh, a contract, like a one-year contract. And literally everything from this realtor was benefiting them. And they were trying to make it sound like it was benefiting me. I was like, it's not benefiting me at all. It's only benefiting you. And so what happens is realtors, and if you're a realtor, you're going to get completely mad at me at saying this because you might not be this way. So if you're out, if you're an outlier, like you're not like this, then good. Keep being good. Keep being helpful to people. But realtors are really in it to make money selling houses, you know, buying a house for somebody and selling houses for somebody. That's really what they do. And in the end, what you're going to find is that they're really going to go for what's best for them to sell the house. They might try to say that they want to help you, which they might. I Don't get me wrong. They might. But at the same time, there was a study done. I can't remember which I think it might've been like an economics study, but it turned out that realtors, when they sell somebody else's house, it's for like 10% lower than what they could go for. But whenever they sell their own house, it's like 6% over what they can possibly get. So when it comes down to their own money, they are very, very uh, shrewd or, you know, they, they want to protect it. When it comes to your money or everything about you, yeah, they're not so much. So let's jump off of that. Now you are deciding I want to buy a duplex, I want a house hack, I want to get into really just this investing business, start listening to the podcast, which is super awesome. That's why I give out so much information because I just want people to do this, to change their lives. And so the next thing you started listening and what got you to where he said, you know what, I'm really going to do this. Now, pausing that question, because I definitely want to get to that, but you had that one year contract with that realtor. Did that? Did you just wait for that to, to expire and then you started buying? Yeah, I waited for that to expire because in it, and I didn't, I didn't see this at the time or pay attention to it, but yeah, it was a one-year contract and it had in there that if I bought a house and while we were under contract, she, it was like 3% or, or whatever. So after I found, I was like, oh my gosh. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of stuck for a year. Exactly. Doesn't that show that they're only in it for themselves? Like that, that's literally, that's, that's just sad. Like if you go out on your own, you buy it from somebody else, <laughs> you have to give me 3%. Like, no, yeah. that's so just bad. I was like, okay, well, we're definitely not doing that. So I said, well, we're just going to learn, save, do all that stuff in this year so that we don't have to worry. Cause I, yeah, I did not want to go any of that legal mumble jumbo. Yeah. So I was like, I can just wait the year. Now, Anybody that's thinking about investing in real estate and they're like, man, you know, I want to do what Fabe did. Talk to me about or tell us about like your thoughts about, you know, joining Master Passive Income or getting any of the courses or in the membership. Like how did that how, how much did that help you to actually get over the hurdle and really learn the lessons to do it right? A ton because it really, really broke it down and even providing because one of the biggest things when we got the house, I'm like, I don't know where the heck to even get a uh, a lease or anything like that. So just able to use those resources inside of it to learn how to get the lease, how to how to draft the lease, you know, how to talk to people, potential tenants, all that stuff. So just working through all of that stuff 
really made it clear and made the process not so it's already overwhelming enough buying a house period it, it especially your first one it is a overwhelming draining process that it, just, it that's just what it is the first one so having something that you can kind of lean on to say okay how is this what's that because you want to do it right because you know there there's a lot of money at stake so having that resource was was huge and then you jumped into our real estate wealth builders, my membership community, where I get like basically all the everything to to have to to learn. Now, when you're getting inside there, and you're starting to learn. And what was that transition to where you know what I'm actually going to buy a house? Like you're already learning, which is great. You're learning through the podcast. You're learning through everything, and plus you join into the membership. You, from there, what made you say, you know what I'm going to now buy? And where did you buy? What's your course really? helped with was that vision and even including the the free resource that you gave i had watched uh what was it? it's on your site the one video where you're walking through where you're like hey you could just pull up zillow and start running numbers and stuff like that so as i'm saving money i'm starting to look at houses and run the numbers that and like that vision of running the numbers oh, yeah. and seeing it okay i can make this much this much in rent my mortgage can be around this. I know it's not exact, but you can get, it was pretty close. You can get a good figure. When I saw that vision that, okay, we can actually do this. I just need to get here. Then now I can start doing that. And then it helped even further when you start talking to like mortgage lenders and stuff like that. And they, uh, you give them all your information. So now they're showing you or even telling you, hey, this is where you're at. So when you finally see kind of where you're sitting with things, that path gets so clear. And now it's just, okay, now my path is clear. So what's the best process? So that's where kind of your course comes in is how can this process be as efficient as I can possibly get it? Because I want to do it right, obviously. And so where I started to invest, wanted to invest first was here in Florida. We This is where I live in Florida. And I wanted to start with a duplex because just the that multifamily aspect always intrigued me from the leverage piece of having more tenants for the one property or whatever. So kind of that leverage piece. And then starting with house hacking, it's just, okay, we're buying a house, but now somebody's paying us for our house. I can't, t I loved it. I bragged <laughs> that work because when we closed, I got a check. No, I mean, it was, you know, a piece of the rent track. Yeah. And so I'm walking around work. I'm like, <laughs> I bought a house and got money back. Oh man, that's what? awesome. What? How do you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you're now house hacking and you're wanting to see because basically the way that for everybody listening, the way house hacking works is you buy a duplex or a fourplex, a threeplex, basically that has another unit that you can actually rent that up to somebody else. You live in one, they pay you rent. And a lot of times their rent would even cover the entire mortgage, which is super phenomenal. And you could even make money on top of that. Then here's a quick tip for everybody listening. If you went ahead and bought the duplex, you're living in it now, then you can go ahead and buy another duplex, move into that one, then rent out this first one. Now you have two units rented. I love the idea, Fabe, where you say that you have more units. And so you have two units now in one property as opposed to one, which is fantastic with duplexes. So are you looking to eventually go into getting more duplexes and maybe do another house hack or even just buying more investments? Like what's your next strategy after this? 
So the next strategy right now, we have it rented out. We've actually had a tenant over there. Uh, this is going on her second year who we brought on during the pandemic right at the start last year. So that was very scary, but she never missed a payment, always even paid early and she's a, a great tenant. And so basically what we're doing is we're just saving that money that we're getting for her from her for the rent or whatever. And we're going to be using that now leveraging that to buy more property. So that's why, it, man, it's crazy when you think about this real estate thing, because it's like she's actually going to be buying another house for me. One hundred percent. And if you think about it, see, I've owned a lot of my properties. I don't know. 15 years now. Now the rents are double what when I first bought them, which are fantastic. I don't know, double, maybe, maybe three quarters more. And so rents go up. Like it's looking fantastic now. And that's why when we buy, we make sure that we're buying with a minimum of $250 a month in passive income, depending on what type of property. Obviously, a duplex, if you're doing a house hack, it's not going to have that because you have somebody paying rent. But what we want to make sure is that we're making passive income. And over the years, it's just going to keep going up. Your mortgage is going to keep going down. You're eventually going to have a property that you could literally give to your kids because, hey, I might as well hold on to it. It keeps making me money. And so you're thinking about jumping into another, would it be another house hack or would it be another duplex? Or would you stay here? Like, what are your thoughts there? So next, what my wife and I want to do, we want to buy a house for ourselves. So we're going to buy a house for ourselves rent out the the other side that we're currently living on and then continue it from there. So I just want to continue the multifamilies from there. Like in my area, one thing I also was doing was I was going to every Tuesday we had real estate meetings. So I was I I never missed a meeting. That's I was so going smart. to every single meeting and just soaking up everything that I could there too. And I'm talking to these guys that got 40, 50, 60 duplexes and I'm like Okay, yes, that is what I want. That's awesome. And I love that you're doing that because you're getting networking around the people that are actually investing in the area. They're going to have contacts. They might even want to sell one of their properties. I know when I'm ready to move into a new property, I'm going to sell my old one. It might be a still good one. Actually, I take that back. It's hard for me to sell because I just keep making money. So, but if and when I do sell, I love selling to other investors because they know the value of it because it's a rental property and I love being able to pass that on and I'm moving up to a you know a bigger better property so that's great. Now, Faye, what other lessons cuz you've learned a valuable lesson about realtors there. What are the lessons could you have learned through this process of getting this duplex and doing this first house hack? The biggest a big lesson that I learned is that you do your research on everything that you can. Like I sat and I read literally the Florida state laws, landlord laws and stuff like that. How boring, but good for you. <laughs> understand. <laughs> exactly. To understand that, you know, just kind of how all of that works. And I actually know another lesson too, is that you will be okay. If things don't work out, you will be okay. Because when we moved in, we had a tenant. We were, of course, their rent had been the same for five years. So that was going up. <laughs> and the minute we raised it, they decided they wanted to move out, which was fine. And I was nervous and scared that nobody, like pandemic's kind of going on. So I'm like, oh my goodness, how now I ha I don't have any rent coming in. How is this going to work out? What's this going to do? But yet people love the place. 
So that wasn't even a problem or whatever. So just know that everything's going to work out, that you don't have to be afraid of a toilet, AC, all that stuff. That's other people's fears. They're afraid of that. Everything will be okay. And I actually got that too from you because one of the main stories I kept hearing you tell was when you started and you bought your property, I think it was in Ohio. And you explained that experience realtor kind of messed you over other stuff going on and it's like wow okay he put out all that money things didn't work out and he's like okay what went wrong let me learn get better and now boom you have this empire so it's like okay even if something goes wrong i can learn figure it out and continue to grow from there i love that and that's the best thing about real estate investing is before we buy a property we do so much due diligence. And I love that you said that you learned how to analyze the numbers and continually looking at other properties in the area to analyze which one's a good property because we want to know as best we can, almost like 99% chance that we're going to be fantastically successful in our business because we're running a business. We're not just buying one property and hoping that's a business. No, we start a business first and every piece of property is a piece of inventory that we put into the business. From there, we know what our incomes are, income is because of our rents, and we know it eventually go up, but we have experts that tell us. Our property managers, our realtors, our, even our inspectors would give us an idea of what it could rent for. So we get that idea of what it could rent for. And then our expenses are so fixed, it's awesome. Taxes, insurance, your mortgage, you know, any other fees that might come up, uh, repairs and all that sort of stuff, we can already account for that before we buy the property so we know how much we can offer. You know, because if it's if we're not going to make enough in passive, in, in passive income, we just lower our offer price enough to where we make enough passive income. And if they don't want to accept it, that's great. We're not twisting their arm, but we're making sure we're buying the property right now. So what did you buy the house for? If you don't mind me asking, what did you buy the house for? And what would they both be renting for in the end? So we ended up buying the house for two fifty five. So it was actually they were asking two ninety. So yeah, they well they lied about the size. Well, they say they didn't know, but they lied about the size of the house. They were saying it was like uh twenty uh twenty eight hundred square feet, and it was actually only about nineteen two thousand square feet. So when we had it appraised, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And at first they didn't want to believe our appraiser. So they had their own person come out and measure it or whatever. But yeah, so that, that knocked the price down a lot. So we ended up getting it for two fifty five. So that helped a lot. So that like made it to where when I went back and put in the numbers again, I'm like, ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you got, so when he came back, was it the bank? Cause you probably get a mortgage on it. Was it the bank that came back and said, Hey, it doesn't, it's not worth two ninety. It's worth this much. Like, how did you get them to come down? Yes. Yeah, so because we're doing, we did a FHA loan. So they had no choice but to do that. And as our mortgage broker explained by it being that if they decided not to take it and then whoever else came, they more than likely would have an FHA loan too. So they would just be met with the same issue. So it's either they go with this or they probably go with nothing. Man, that's awesome. Good for you. So that's something I love about 
a bunch of key tips for everybody here, like pro tips for you. So number one, when you're actually going to buy a house, you have that 10 day, I suggest a 10 day inspection period where you can always check to see these problems. Like it's not, like it's a thousand square foot. I can't believe that. That's just nuts. But a thousand square foot less than it should be. But then you could always go back to the seller and say, hey, you said this, or it was this, and it's this now. Or the roof, we thought it was good, but we had it inspected, it's really bad. We need you to help pay for it, or to actually pay for it. You can get and adjust your uh, your actual offer price because of that, in that 10-day expect, uh, waiting period, not waiting period, sorry, inspection period. And in doing that, you're able to negotiate even more. But I would say, because I do get a lot of students ask me, well, Dustin, should I put a full price offer so that I can get the house and then use the inspection period to get the price down. I said, no, 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 absolutely not. We buy it at the right price because we never know if they're gonna say yes to any of our you know, requests to lower the price. That would be bad if you're stuck in a house and you're wanting to have it come down. You've already put money into inspection, all that sort of stuff. So anyways, long story short, we do not do that. We do not use the uh, 10 day waiting period or uh, inspection period to hold on to you know, the ability to make more money or you know, get them to drop down the price. We get the offer at the price that we want and then we use that for any problems. Because what if you are holding it out and you want that 10-day inspection period to lower the price, but you're finding it needs a roof, it needs the furnace, it needs this, this, and this. Well, you're already just, yeah, it's just, it's the wrong way to do it. So now, Fabe, so are you thinking about, because we, we love investing out of state as well, um, as, as well as house hacking, are you thinking about investing out of state and how would you go about doing that? Actually, I am. Before actually before we bought this duplex, I was talking to a friend of mine who was living up in Pittsburgh at the time. And there was a couple properties that were pretty cheap, like only around twenty, thirty thousand dollars. But I couldn't the hardest thing that I was finding was getting a hold of people out of state. So I would try to have my friend either go knock on their doors or something, but we could never really get a hold of people. But I do have an interest in investing out of state and getting more. What I would like to do there is get more into the vacation rentals. So I've thought about that with my wife or we've talked about that kind of that end goal of we have, I guess you could say the retail side of our our investments where we're renting out the homes to people on a yearly however long basis and then the commercial side where we do the vacation rentals because i want to get properties like in orlando miami places like that and kind of have just a vacation rental portfolio i i think that's great then that, that's actually something currently i'm currently working on a whole nother course teaching how to do short-term like Airbnb and VRBO type of properties. So I'm currently working on creating that because it's, it's, it's very, very similar, but there's a lot more moving parts. So there's a lot more to learn in that regard. But okay, I forgot, I asked, but I, we didn't get into it because I cut you off. How much is it renting for your, your current property? How much, when you have both sides rented, what is it renting for and what's the mortgage? So the, uh, the one side is 1200 a month. And then this side, because this side that we're living on actually has a pool, so we could get between thirteen to fourteen uh, a month on this side, and then the mortgage is only twelve oh four. So number one, currently right now, she's paying your mortgage. That's Basically, phenomenal. <laughs> I only gotta pay. I got a four dollar mortgage. <laughs> wow! And when you think about it, you put three and a half percent down. This is why I love teaching people. Use an FHA loan if you can, because you're only putting three and a half percent down. You get somebody renting it. 
you put only three and a half percent down, they're paying the rest. Like, let's just say, you know, $250,000 is what you bought it for. What's uh, three and a half percent? What is that like? $10,000 ish? It was like 10. Yeah, it was about 10,000. Yeah, you put $10,000 down out of your own pocket. You owe still $240,000, but your tenants are paying all of that principal and all of that interest and taxes and insurance. And once you get all rented, it's just phenomenal, man. Okay, Fabe, I know we can continually go on forever. I love talking to you about this stuff. Now, I know people, I, we talked about our podcasts. I love podcasting. I have three myself, Successfully Unemployed, Master Passive Income, and the Watch and Learn podcast where I talk about movies with my brothers just because it's fun. But tell me about your podcast. So my podcast is called Self-Educated Entrepreneur. And the reason it's called that is because my, I myself am a self-educated entrepreneur from starting with Dustin, learning your courses, all of that stuff. And then I started a lawn business as well, which I learned that off YouTube. So literally everything that I've done to try to create a better life for myself is just putting in the work to, to just teach and educate myself. So the podcast, like I said, is Self-Educated Entrepreneur. And it's for people who are looking to build side hustles and turn those into legit businesses. So I just talk about everything of how to balance that nine to five in your side hustle and all that stuff to get you kind of to overcome that overwhelm and stay productive so that you can quit that nine to five. So just like yourself, man. That's great, Fabe. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Fabe, I, I'm so appreciative that you came on the show, being able just to share your experience that doing a house hack. And I, I try to push everybody. If you can get an FHA loan, house hack into a duplex, it's going to be one of the best ways to get started with very little money. I mean, a lot of people can work hard, an extra job, you know, a side hustle and save up $10,000 and buy a duplex. And then it rents and rent it out. It's so awesome. All right, Fabe, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing all your experience. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave off with? Any other insights or anything that you'd like to share with us? All I got to say to everybody, man, is just just take action. Just start doing a little bit of research. Go talk to people. Go to meetings, whatever you got to do. Get around it. The biggest piece that kept me motivated was getting around people that are in it. Because I found as I'm, I'm a new face to it, it was cool that these experienced people, they would hold me back after meetings and just talk to me. And I'm just gaining years of just knowledge from people that are in the industry. So Get out there and just go talk to people too. I love it, man. Hey, Fabe Mitchell, thank you so much. And everybody, if you're listening, check out his podcast. I'm super excited that he's doing a podcast that everybody, we're just all here trying to help each other out just so we can escape the rat race, stop, you know, basically quit our J-O-B, our just overbroke job. So, oh man, Fabe, thanks for being on the show. Everybody, we'll see you next time. <laughs>